Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Thank you for investing time to be here today. We pray that it will impact your life forever because we believe every time we gather, we're just, we're just like experiencing what we're going to do forever, which is worship the Lord, learn from the Lord, be in relationship, and that this touch point on a Sunday as we gather together can stir us up in love towards good works until we see Jesus Christ return. Amen? We've been in a series called We Are, talking about what's under the hood, who we are as a people here at City Life, and we now find ourselves in the installment of what it means when we say belong. It's enough to, it's one thing to read it, it's another thing to hear it, but it has to transform our thoughts to move to our hearts, then to impact our hands, and we pray that that journey would experience today. And when we think of the word belong, it's so important, it is sequentially in our discipleship formation here that we say, hey, we are first loved. Because once we understand whose we are, that changes our identity. Whose we are is we're God's. And that's who we are, is that we are God's, and that we then are walking out this love relationship that we've been loved to love, a new life, been bought by a high price, born again in Jesus Christ. And then in Jesus Christ, we get connected into a community, a family, that we are communal beings. And then from that place, we understand that all of us have been created in Christ Jesus for good works that God has prepared in advance that we would walk in them. Hence, purpose. And purpose is kind of the byproduct fruit or what do we go do. And if you're linear or you're a checklist person and you're just tell me what to go do, I relate with you in many ways, but I think it's important that we understand who we are and what we are in, which is we are a family. We are a people. We are a body. And we belong. So as we be loved, beloved, we belong, long game, in a family. And we think to belong in the family of God. It's unlike any other institutional claim in the universe. Because you can belong to an alumni, alumni association. You can belong to some type of sports program or even, you know, uh, you know, if you were in an armed service and you might always be a part of that. But if you, look, if you go, if you stop having the alliance or the allegiance, well, then no longer do you belong in that. Now, the claim today I would like to submit to each one of us is that we belong to God whether we recognize it or not. But then once we're in Jesus Christ, we belong to his family. We belong to the, 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 and it's not based upon anything you or me can do, so we can't, you can't change it, just like you can't change what family you're in. But I think we all know what it feels like to not belong in a setting. Well, today, we're not belonging in just a setting. We're not just belonging in a set of rituals. We're belonging in a person that is, that is perfect and permanent, and that is Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, and he is the head of the church. So today is an installment that we are disciples who belong together in Jesus's love forever, together, forever, forever. 
Now, if you've listened to me talk for a while, you'll notice a pattern, which is I love to focus on ultimate things, which ultimate things reminds me of what is most true. Now, today in the things I see, though they're important, though they impact my thoughts and feelings and emotions, but it's temporary, everything I see. But what is unseen is eternal. You and me, we have a soul that will live on forever and ever and ever and ever. And one day our bodies will be resurrected and caught up and and transfigured into the new fullness. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth and we will be with Christ forever. Now, I'm speaking to those that have already put their faith in Jesus Christ. Because as a people, that is what is eternally true. So it gives us perspective. It doesn't discount the pain of today, but then it starts to then say, ooh, let me look up. Just like when you're driving, you know, and, and, and you might be focused on what is happening in your life or how you feel in your car, and when you look up, it starts to be, whoa, there is so much going on outside of us. One of the primary lies of Satan is that I don't belong. He'll tell us all the time. And one of God's greatest truths is that he says, I belong. And it's not that as we belong, we're always going to agree. Somebody, amen? (laughs) And it doesn't always mean that we're going to get along. It just means that we're going to belong and we have a head that can calibrate us, correct us. So we are disciples who belong. We stated last week, and we are disciples who belong together, so there's no such thing as solo Christianity. There is some journeys that might lead us to some caves and some spaces and some car rides and some retreats that are alone, but we don't isolate. We are committed to the together experience, and then as we then sequentially say, okay, well, we are disciples who belong together in what? In Jesus' love forever. So we then um, might say, okay, well, how do I belong? I've said it, but just to, 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 uh, for recap purposes, then we're going to dive into the text is, how do I belong? Simple, in the family of God, Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through him. Uh, he is the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus. Now, uh, we aren't bad people that are trying to be made good. One of the false lies that we could believe is, you maybe heard this a lot, well, that person's good. They're a good person. I know their heart. No one's a good person. Nobody. All are wicked sinners need of a savior. We wouldn't need a savior. We're actually dead people that need to be made alive. So then dead people that have been made alive, we recognize, oh, it's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. That's why we worship and we remember, oh, let not this old way come in. And then we're walking this out renewed day by day. So belonging is built on Jesus who lasts forever and is Ultimate, ultimate, Jesus, 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 Ephesians 4. And we're going to read 16 verses in the ESV and then 16 verses in the message. And I pray that this would just wash over us today. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, 
one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens and that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teaching, and the purpose of all these gifts that are manifested is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. What type of work? For building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him, is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, get this, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now before I read this out of the message, what, what a perfect beautiful picture that when we're working together, the goal is to grow us up as a people up in love. Now, you've maybe heard of self-care and to take care. The best thing you could do to love someone else is to love yourself and take care of yourself. And, and that, of course, can become an idol where we just look so inward and we're not considering the needs and the, the, the cries of the people around us. But there is a truth that to have self-care, well, as I am loved, as we love ourself. So to be a people that could even grow or build itself up is rooted in my understanding of being healthy and to receive love. Therefore, I can give love. And we listen to our bodies, y'all. Now, some of us, we're not proactive in the warnings and we need reactive moments where something happens and then even as practical, it's a silly example, but if you have a hangnail, it's hard to think about anything else. Very small part of your body, but yet it is screaming out to the rest of us, right? But as we're growing, the picture is not just what is harming us or hurting us, but the greater overriding theme is, I heard a line in a song yesterday, is the only remedy for hate is love. And I think, yep. So I don't think the battle's out there. I think the real battle's in here, and it's in here. It's in the hearts of the people. Reading this now, uh, again, um, out of the message this is a thought-for-thought thought translation, and it might illuminate uh, in, a, in a fresh way for some of us. In light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. 
Better yet, run. On the road, God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourself out for each other in acts of love. Alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. <laughs> mending fences, building bridges. You were all called to travel on the same road in the same direction, so stay together. Both outwardly and inwardly, you have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God. And Father of all, who rules over all, working through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. With oneness. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful way to describe an eternal truth. But that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same way. Because one of the mistakes could be, well, if it's oneness, we all need to manifest that the same. No, no, no. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. The text for this is, he climbed the mountain, he captured the enemy and seized the plunder. He handed it all out in gifts to the people. Is it not true that the one who climbed up also climbed down? Down to the valley of earth. And the one who climbed down is the one who climbed back up, up to the highest heaven. He who handed out gifts above and below filled heaven with the, his gifts, filled earth with his gifts. He handed out gifts of apostles, prophet, evangelists, and pastor teaching to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work. Now, when the gifts are listed, there is, there's a picture of truth, which is you are one in Christ, you are a body uh, or a family, and we're a bride, and that's just who we are. We belong in the family of God. Well, then it manifests and, uh, into type, different types of giftings or ways that God has gifted each one of us, and that's maybe how we could say, what do we do? What is our purpose? Well, to put a, uh, a pin in it, let's put it on the shelf, that will begin next week. What's our purpose? purpose and how does that manifest and where am I at in the body of Christ and then how do I use my giftings, we're constantly pulling ourselves back to say, what are we in? Because there, if we understand what, we, what we're in or who we are, then it becomes a little bit more natural. Now, you, sometimes you might feel a pressure to serve your family or go to a family event. Why? Because it's your family, for crying out loud. That's not pressure, that's passion. So that's a healthy sense of understanding what you're a part of. You know, you're, you might see it could be your last name. It, it, it could be who, who raised you, and you feel this sense of, man, I'm connected to them. Well, once we move into the body of Christ, we are connected into Christ's family. So then we move forward with these gifts, and then uh, the goal of these gifts is to the church until we all are moving rhythmatically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully de developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. No prolonged infancies among us, please. We'll not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are easy prey for predators. Church, God wants us to grow up. to know the whole truth. 
and to tell it in love, like Christ in everything. How is that possible unless we remember ultimate, forever, that we belong a part of something forever? Because when we have a forever passion and focus, it starts to put things into perspective. Man, is that an issue I'm going to? Christ in everything. So we take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other, his very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God. And I love this last little three uh, words, robust in love. Amen. This might be a passage to just go back this week to think, okay, if I'm a part of the body of Christ, serving, working together, I have a gift that God's given me, how can I use it in love? Well, it says that I would grow up in the knowledge of knowing Jesus. Well, that means that I need to know Jesus. How do I know Jesus? I abide in Jesus. I rest or remain. I open God's word. I'm in community. I'm teachable. I find myself as a disciple, a learner, saying, God, teach me. That we don't find ourselves, what happens sometimes as disciples, especially the longer we've been walking or in Jesus and following him, is there's assumptions that made it happen so quick. And maybe you've heard the example that, uh, you know, if you are docked to, to obey and you have an anchor in the middle of somewhere, but even if you drift off one degree and over time, even though it's a small uh, degree in a short period of time, over time, we could be really far off. So how do we calibrate? Well, we thank God for his word, we thank God for people, correction, and we're sharpening one another, we're uh, edifying one another, we're rebuking one another, uh, and it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a mess going on. And in that, though, we're constantly recalibrating ourselves. Otherwise, sometimes, the longer we do it, the further off we could be. Now, if you've done it a long time, does not mean that you could be off, but I think it's a healthy exercise to say, Jesus, where are you at with what's going on, on the inside? Where are you at with policies? Where are you at with decisions that I want to make or others are make or I'm seeing in the world and it seems like there's tyranny and that you're, you said you're over everything and then we find ourselves living in the Psalms and we're crying out and we're saying, why God? And then we rest back in his steadfast love because at some point we re- start to read our Bibles and I don't know if this is you, but I think this is good to remember, that we might enter a Bible study with a permanent marker, what do I cross out, as opposed to what do I highlight and what do I need to change? Because what happens is, is we, we, we say, well, I believe this, or I feel this, or I think this. That's really cool. What does God think? What does God feel? And what does God believe? Because I don't want your opinions. Now, is there space for mine your opinion? Yes. God lets us, and he uses the, he uses people that are called for such a time as this that we are supposed to rightly divide his word. And so then how then is there so many different denominations, so many expressions of one Bible? And I think sometimes it's because we quit to the conversations of how do we be healthy together and what is Christ saying as we're growing up in the mature, in the knowledge of him, in the fullness of him, and who is, where is Jesus at and how is he thinking and what is sound teaching? And in that, we can't change everywhere, but we can stay committed to do that right here, right now. 
And we prayed more and more that we would form our lives this year in such a way that the lion's share of attention would not be in the summer, I want to go take some vacation time with the family. But the lion's share of my formation for my whole year would not be built upon where do I go get some water, how does my family hang out, but rather what is Christ saying and how does he form me into the rhythmic cadence. Now, I'm preaching the choir, you're here on a Sunday, you recognize the benefit, but How much more? Because you're not going to see a commercial. You're not going to see this in a Netflix ad. You're not going to see this on YouTube where someone's going to say, spiritually build your lives in, through, and for, and around in the family, in the belonging of God and oneness with him so that nothing else would come in to get us off track. That it would not be later how I uh, put the family in. It would not be later what is my church involvement, but that it is natural. It is who I am. It's a part of the fabric. It's my DNA. Now, there's some things that have helped me, I think, in this belonging journey. One is which, um, and this doesn't mean that if you aren't this, that it's wrong, but I didn't grow up in church, (laughs) so I don't have the same experiences of people that grew up in church. And if you grew up in church, that could mean you could actually have a foot ahead. But sometimes that means you don't actually tell me about Jesus. You tell me about your church experience. Where I'm like, dude, no offense. I didn't even know the church existed. I didn't even know these conversations existed. I didn't even know any of these things y'all are fighting about until I got saved. And I was so happy to be born again because I was a dead person made alive that I was willing to do whatever it took to be in the family of God because I belonged in a space or a place with God's people. Then I believed that because Jesus showed me who he was first, then he showed me the church. Therefore, it was, oh, now I can deal with her because we had it in proper order. But what happens is sometimes this church is my experience with Jesus and we forget who's the head of the church. Because there's different ways that the church plays this out. And of course there's stumbling blocks. Leaders, ourselves, we get in the way and we start to build roadblocks, not bridges, into the one that we should all be pointing to. (laughs) Rhythmatically, we're in Jesus. Now, the other side of that, being in church for a while, man, I totally get how I could just be fighting about a bunch of church stuff all day long. And it's really important. In fact, I'd like to today. We could have a meeting after this. Let's debate doctrine, methodology. Let's debate policies. How's this playing out? What's going on in in, in foreign policy? How's this going to impact? Where's the Antichrist? Uh, When's Jesus returning? And let's just get in, right? But at some level, the text and specifically Jesus' life has a way of keeping the main thing the main thing. And this is hard to do. That's why I thank God for that worship song. Purify me. Purify me. Purify me. Now, our kids are growing up in church. They belong in church. And I pray that they would loud and clear say, oh, we are church boys, church kids, church girls, because of Jesus, not because of church. And that exercise is so careful because at some level, we could start to belittle the church and just say, well, I'm just Jesus only. Well, if you're Jesus only, you definitely care about his bride, y'all. Don't say you're pro-Jerome, but you're not pro-Crystal, who's my wife. No, I'm pro-Jerome, totally pro-Jerome, definitely not pro-Crystal. We're pro-probably fighting. But let's be real, the equation goes the other way. I'm pro-Crystal, and I don't know if I'm pro-Jerome at times. Crystal is just user-friendly. User-friendly. So as we keep the main thing, we got to be calibrated, know wherever we're at in the space. Um, and what we belong of is an eternal thing, a family, a, the bride of Christ. So let's use this time um, 
our limited time left to dive into maybe some helpful things that could purify us in the body of Christ. We're going to go back to Ephesians 4, just verse 15 and 16. Uh, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to, if, if our point um, if, of speaking truth in love and being in the Bible, the point is that we would grow up in every way into Jesus, him. I'm old school where when I started rapping at churches, they wanted to make sure as the lyrics were on the stage that people knew what him meant, so we would capitalize everything or even underline. So this is a capital H, though. It's into him. It's being Jesus, into him. Who is the head into Christ? And how many people know if your head is gone, you're not alive? This is so key because we belong into the strongest head that has ever existed, the ultimate one, into Christ, from whom the whole body, so picture this, the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So there has to be this deep reverence that we are in a body, and this is, of course, a picture of what we are a part of, but we are in a family, y'all. We're in a healthy body. And at the beginning of the chapter, there's five little truths I would love to extract. So five ways to be a healthy body found out of Ephesians 4, 2, and 3. And those verses are, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to re- maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So let's get practical. Number one, what's one way we could be a healthy body here at City Life? We are Humble in all humility. In all humility. Humble is an act that I do. It's not something that I receive. I've received Christ. And when we recognize, ooh, to receive Christ, we then clothe ourselves in humility towards others because Christ is the humble servant. So we look to him. We recognize what we're in, what we've been purchased by, dead people made alive, amen? So we then want to humble ourselves. So church, can we ask the question for a moment? Am I humble? Am I humbling myself to one another? James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Every day, there's opportunities for us to rise up and bear the sword and want to be right. And many times, the way of the kingdom, and specifically in the body, is to humble ourselves and let God exalt us. Does that mean we're silent in the midst of injustice? No. Does that mean that we're victims? No. Where there's abuse, we wouldn't have to somehow reach out, ask for help? Of course we, but humility will always be baked into a healthy body. Now, the worship team's easy to brag on because the rhythmic cadence of their belonging experience has come and been forged over time. And I sat in the back and just listened to them play, and I thought, man, this is so cool because they're playing, they love each other, they know each other, they're creating space for each other. 
But in order to do that in music, because there's divas in music, Oh, when I was an evangelist, it was a little easier to just say one-liners and, and leave the church and just be like, good luck, pastor. But now being a pastor, you got to be careful what you say because you're also there to clean it. <laughs> but we would have early on in Sounds Good, which is the music ministry I was a part of, we just know divas alive, like none, like allowed. You're just not allowed to do that. Now, diva, is it a bad thing? No, I'm using it in a, in a slang term that you could be a diva. I'm sure there's great examples of that, but we were using it in the sense that somebody comes in and it's that rider, if you hear about musicians who are be in the green room or behind stage, that they have red M&Ms only. And you think, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's, that's absolutely ridiculous. And being with some Christians behind the scene, I could see that some was like, oh man, maybe it's about us, um, and others, it's about the crowd. And Maybe I was judging or projecting, but in some way, I could definitely see those that were humbling themselves or making it about them. And of course, I have been tempted in my life to do that same thing. But may we always remember we are people that it's about you. It's about each other. It's about one another. And we do that. One of the ways to be healthy in that is to humble ourselves. And the worship team, they humble themselves one just every Sunday and every weekend to come together and not make it about them. I don't ever hear them fight over who's going to get a solo or who's going to get this. And I think, oh, that's beautiful, keeping the main thing the main thing. And there are some talented people here where they could totally make it about the me show. But instead, they're saying, the worship team's saying this, it's the he show, not the me show. And that's what humility does. That's what humble pie does. And number two, we are patient, or we are, sorry, we are gentle. <laughs> We're gentle, which is why I gave all those disclaimers. I'm trying to be gentle and saying, no, no divas allowed, but by the way, here's what that means, and here's how that fleshes out, and we're a worship team, because we gotta be gentle. And as a parent, I'm not always gentle. As a pastor, I'm not always gentle. But when I look at Jesus, Oh, yeah, he is the lion, absolutely. And some of us, if we're hardwired towards action and justice, then we love the lion side of Jesus. But when you're in sin, do you want the lion side of Jesus? No. You want the lamb side of Jesus. So how do we be more gentle? And the question we gotta ask today is, am I gentle? Am I gentle? Well, this is how, then I'm, I wanna move forward. And then number three, we are patient. We are patient. You know, pray for patience and then you, God answers your prayer and you're at the railroad tracks and the train comes. And then you, so pray for it and then you get to model it. Patience is very hard to do. And the older I get, the less patience it seems that I have when I'm in my flesh, but the more patience is there for me from God. The news doesn't give me patience. It doesn't, friends. So we need to be a people different. We are people who are patient. Number four, we are bearing with one another in love. It is so hard to bear one another's burdens unless love. The only remedy for hate is love. These are the qualities that I pray that Ephesians 4 would teach us. And then lastly, 
we are peacemakers. Eager to maintain the unity of spirit in the bond of peace. In the bond of peace. Well, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. The message puts it this way. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Wow. So how in the world is that possible? Humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, peacemaking. It is only possible as we look to gospel-centered perspective, we look to Jesus to grow the body up. Because in every one of those, Jesus is our example. He's the head. And I thought, how fitting would it be to end with just looking at a moment where Jesus displayed all of these? And there's different glimpses in our life that we could look to, but let's go to Luke 23. I mean, in Jesus' life that we could look to. Uh, Verse 32. Pulling it up. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't highlight it. I'll just read it to us. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to put death to be put to death with him and when they came to the place that is called the skull there they crucified him and the criminals one on his right and one on his left if there was ever a time not to be humble not to be gentle not to be patient not to be a peacemaker and not to want to grow one another up in love and bear each other's burdens It's got to be on the cross. That's where Jesus is going to let his roar out. And Jesus said this, verse 34, Luke 23, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I thought, "Mm, that's how we end today. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They do. A healthy body is full of forgiveness, remembering that Jesus led the way. We humble ourselves, we are gentle, we are patient, and we look to our Lord and our Savior. And it goes on, the people stood by watching, and the ruler scoffed at him, saying, he saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There's going to be a day, I believe, and I don't want to get, uh, I'm not saying thus says the Lord, so this is a disclaimer, but as the church continues to get mocked and laughed at and maybe tested in a way that, I, don't, I pray there's never a day where we couldn't gather uh, in his name safely, but if that day came I just think that, I think the principle is that we will see is the church is going to continue to get mocked and be like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 like prove yourself, prove yourself, church, prove that Jesus is worth it, prove that Jesus is worth it, and his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher, his timeline's higher, his kingdom's higher, and we're going to, how do we, how do we do this uh, death, burial, and resurrection lifestyle is we're going to have to be in Jesus all the time. We look to Jesus, and then uh, verse 38, which was eternally true, there's an inscription over him saying, this is the king of the Jews. Jesus needs no defending. We just got to keep pointing to him. 
And as we point to him, that's what a healthy body looks like. And we're doing that because we remember what he's done for us. And so as I started in the beginning, we aren't bad people looking to be good. We are dead people who have been made alive. And therefore, our rights have been exchanged. Our life has been exchanged. Everything we have has been exchanged. Every single thing we do, he is Lord over. So therefore, we submit in him to one another. It's amazing. It is. That's what we're a part of. That's what we belong in, is what Jesus is building, what he's doing. That will never show up in, in spreadsheets. It'll never show up in, in bottom lines alone. It won't show up in 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 buildings, but it'll show up in the kingdom of God, the church that he's building, that we would remember our first love. We would be people connected. We'd be people that are humble. We'd be people that are gentle. We'd be people that are people of peace and correction and bearing with one another and wanting to see the unity of Jesus Christ play out into our world. Amen? I want to pray for us and then end with a visual of just what it means that we're We're just going out into the world as people who have been transformed so that people can taste and see that the kingdom is good. Father, we thank you so much that we're a part of. We pray that you would grow our love for the family of God today. You would grow our love for your church. You would calibrate us to remember what we're in and who we are. We are disciples who belong together in Jesus' love forever, forever. And God, we pray in this moment that you will do what only you can do. Build your church, build us. We yield to you, we yield to the king. And God, I recognize I'm preaching to the choir because your people are here, they're committed, and that's amazing. But may we keep the fragrance of heaven. May we be people that are growing one another up in love. We would grow in maturity. And for some that are here today and they've never made that step, they've never lost their life, I pray they would lose their life to gain you, Jesus. I pray that they would cry out and say that they're dead in sin. They need a savior, And they trust in the only name of which mankind can be saved, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the name upon which every name and every knee will bow. Jesus. And I pray that you would just say, take my life, God. I accept your son, Jesus. Lead me. Teach me. I lose my life to gain yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to end today with the Love the City recap from this last week. And just to give us a little visual of how our purpose manifests, maybe just a bite size of, of, of something that's not showing up in, in the news. It's not showing up on your social media feed maybe as much as it should, that there is a fragrance of heaven going out through a truck, through God's people, to let people know they're loved, belong, and have purpose. And then today, that continues at 2.30 p.m. This is the Love the City block party recap from last week.
Are you ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. One, two, three. I am. I. I have. And I am the future. Good job. Give it up for yourself. Give it up for yourself. Week four. Week four, and that continues right after service today at Ferris Park downtown, 2.30 p.m. Here's the schedule. There's just a couple weeks left. Tuesdays, Risedale, 6.30 p.m. Wednesdays, Foster Park, 6.30 p.m. Saturdays, Summer Place, which is 1 p.m. And then today, Sundays, Ferris Park, 2.30 p.m. We look forward to seeing you at the block party or next week, 10 a.m. and 11.30. All races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time. And we won't stop until Jesus makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives, y'all. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.